Welcome to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland, and I am very pleased to be joined today by Harry McAllister, the co-founder at Ample Earth. Harry, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. So I um, was excited to learn more about your work in the video sphere, but uh, um, many uh, listeners may not yet be familiar with what you're doing at Ample Earth. Can you just introduce what is Ample Earth? Sure. So Ample Earth is a cloud-based video producer. So essentially, rather than having your traditional um, building video studio, what we do is operate everything from the internet. So it essentially allows you to do a few different things. Um, we work a lot with high-end directors from Hollywood and Pinewood and, 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 and those guys who, you know, they already have a lot of money. They've made, they've been successful and they have spare time and, and energy to contribute to good causes that they care about. And they're willing to do it on a, on a budget, essentially. Um, another thing we do, for example, is leverage animation and film producers in, in South America where you can get visuals made a lot more cheaply than you can do in London or North America. We also work with graduate students at university um, who are often willing to work for free for good causes because it kind of helps to boost their CV. And, you know, so there's a lot of different things that we do. Essentially, it comes down to being able to leverage uh, different networks of video makers around the world in the pursuit of helping philanthropic organizations. So that's nonprofits, social enterprises, uh, cause marketing, um, to get outstanding video when they don't usually necessarily have the kind of big budgets that traditional corporate enterprises have in order to do that. I think it's great to take a moment to talk about the idea of all of this different types of ways of reaching audiences because charities have, um, in my experience, especially the, the more mid-sized charities tend to be a little bit um, slower in adopting uh, newer tools to use in their mission work. Uh, you know, just getting them on the web was uh, a longer process than I, I think um, would have been expected in many cases. Right. Uh, but as we are looking now, and of course, having this conversation on an audio podcast, there's a lot of ways to reach people. Uh, and thinking about how people will engage with your message and giving them an opportunity to learn more about you, become more engaged, become uh, a volunteer, contributor, or whatever, uh, needs, I think, that, that multiple format introduction. So I think there's a, a lot more awakening to the idea that video is going to be an increasingly more powerful tool to help those social good organizations get forward. But I do think that when I looked at uh, your website around some of the uh, sample videos and saw the animation stuff, I do think there's probably a perception like, well, that's great for the big guys. The, the video things that you produce, especially um, using animation, um, must be extremely expensive, very difficult, very time consuming, um, and helping to think about what does it take to put that within reach of the, the more mid-sized nonprofit as opposed to the larger one. I, I expect you hear that concern as you're talking to all sizes of organizations. How do you talk to people about um, the, the idea of what does it take to really invest in creating some good video messaging? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a good question. And um, at this point, I think that the, the term video becomes a, a little bit confusing because, you know, it used to just mean like uh, a VHS that you put <laughs> in which, and then you watch a video. But now video 
you know, it applies to mobile and it applies to online video and uh, maybe even the cinema. And so there's all these different devices and sizes and styles. And it's really too generic to, to, to um, use usefully um, in a conversation. But if we take your example of the, the, the type of animations that uh, we've been producing, um, and we do do film as well, it's just animation has been um, particularly popular. That style is decreasing in price by about half year on year. So five years ago, the videos, some of the videos would, would literally have been five times as expensive as, as, as they are now. And that's for a number of reasons. I mean, um, a lot of the technology that Disney and Pixar and DreamWorks, these big animation studios, they, 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 they spend millions and millions on, on research and the, the technology sort of filtered down into the smaller animation companies. And now you can create really quite, quite beautiful animations um, very cheaply. Um, and they don't, you know, they, they, they come in all sorts of styles. And then the other side of that is obviously the democratization of film technology. You know, with the, the average camera phone has a higher quality than a Hollywood camera would have had 10 years ago. Yeah. And obviously that's amazing, but it, it, it has to come in conjunction with good storytelling. And that's really a, it's, it's fundamentally a human quality to, you, you, you can have this incredibly um, powerful visual capture in the form of a camera, but if you don't understand psychology and philosophy and emotion and narrative structure these these are this is the human artistic creative element of making a video then it it, it doesn't matter how powerful your tool is um, so that's you know again that's kind of why we try and focus on getting high the the, the sort of highly qualified directors um, in helping nonprofits because now, everybody has access to the technology now, but the the storytelling, that's where you really need the expertise. Well, people have access to the camera phone for sure and, and free software to do some of their own um, homemade editing. And uh, with with some nonprofit uses, if it's, you know, a, a quick Facebook promotion of uh, an event that's going to come and go, for example, um, maybe that's fine. You know, that's a very easy way to engage an audience differently from just a, a text-based post on that sort of thing. But the idea of creating something that's a little bit more evergreen about your mission that explains the concepts behind how you do your work in a usually relatively short format, a couple of minutes sort of flavor, uh, I think, for those, those evergreen pieces. Uh, when you look at things that are professionally animated and, and narrated, it seems like that would be so expensive. So the cost has come down, but you've actually on your site, I think, gone the extra mile on transparency to talk about um, what it might take to do things based on the type of video you're, you're mentioning. As you said, you do the, the live action, you do animation. There's all sorts of ways of doing the message. But to really help people think about um, what does it really cost to do one that um, can live beyond just that, you know, quick promotion of we're having a fundraiser next Thursday, please show up, you know, camera phone shot. Um, so I, I think helping people step through that is something that seems unique to what I've seen with Ample Earth. I've seen certainly other uh, organizations trying to target the nonprofit market to um, do a better job of communicating with video. But I think you're doing something unique in your conversation about here's what 
what you can expect to invest and, and several articles in your blog stuff about that return on investment, what you might expect back. Mm. Yeah, well, we, we, we try and be as transparent as we can with pricing because um, at the end of the day, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to sort of uh, hide what we're doing behind so that we can suddenly ramp up a giant profit uh, behind the scenes while we're actually, you know, screwing a non-profit. Um, so it, it, it makes sense for us to operate in that way uh, because essentially what we're doing is leveraging the full power of the market. So the market is deciding how much video you are going to get for your money. Um, the system that we use has essentially a, a, a mechanism by which you say you have $1,000 to invest into a video, and then our system will extract the best possible video creators within your budget range. And then we have a 22% fee that goes on top of that. We make a small profit and everybody's happy. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in answer to your question about the, 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 the evergreen video that um, you, can, you can keep on your website for a while, I think you can do that pretty well for, you know, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, which, again, five years ago, you, you wouldn't have done it for less than 10. But, of course, now lots of other people have these videos, so it's more difficult to stand out. So there's always... You're on, a, you're on a treadmill in, in that sense and um, trying to create something truly original is always hard. Um, but, you know, you, you do have to weigh it up against the sort of ROI and you say, well, look, we make this video, it goes on our website. Even if a thousand people see it, you're talking about, I mean, how long would it have taken to explain your business or your nonprofit to a thousand people, just purely in terms of the time that you've invested into that, it's it's going to pay itself back pretty fast. Um, you know, people, a lot of nonprofits, they want to know, well, how much exactly am I going to make from this video? Uh, am, am I going to make you know two hundred percent ROI or three, or, or am I going to lose money? And the simple answer is, you can't really tell. Uh, there are benefits in branding and in um, prestige and you know it, it might be that one uh, one giant funder comes in and gives you a hundred thousand pounds for after watching the video once so it's, it's, it's impossible to measure um, but generally I think because of the way video is going uh, it makes sense for nonprofits above a certain level to get a video like that and um, you know it's it, it is as I said, becoming uh, a lot cheaper and easier to do. Yeah, and I do think that there are, you know, if you're going to especially think of the idea, if it's this affordable to do, and of course, if you go to any more mid-sized charity, a, a couple million dollars operating in a year, um, and say, if you, you know, it, what is your video budget? I, I think often you're going to hear the answer, oh, we don't have a budget for that. We, we have not created it yet. So, okay. Um, you're going to have to go back in and look at what are you spending in communications, marketing, fund development, and really you, communicating your message through these tactics is a part of that work. We've just got to carve out a section and go, um, how, how do we invest in this? And it might be that you do 
that one more to uh, kind of explainer evergreen, especially through that animation style, which I think kind of gives it a real feeling of learning um, to me anyway. The Some of the samples that you have on your site, and, and we'll have that linked in the show notes, mm-hmm. uh, is really helps people just kind of, as you say, kind of get the gist of something in just a couple of minutes that they're very unlikely to understand as well from reading 500 words or flipping around to six or seven web pages or whatever it might be. I, I think it is a unique value in helping people understand why you, how you, those kinds of questions. But at that price range, you can do that intro to who we are and why we matter question, but also then some with pretty specific calls to action. You know, Here we can do a little bit of a measure of saying, we're looking to increase our sustaining donors and here's how it matters to you and, and explain why becoming um, a $10 or $20 a month donor is more important than making a single $100 a month or $100 contribution. And if we do those things in tandem, where people understand the mission from maybe one message, but have a second one, we could start to see a little bit more specific return um, on those. But it means thinking ahead a little bit with your producer or director or whatever title you give to the person that is going to help you envision this of what is the complement of videos that you can afford to plan this year or next? Um, and how do we string them so that the, that messaging happens? It's one of the things I'm very interested in about your model that as the, a cloud-based producer, especially for a lot of the audience that I work with here in the United States, they're unlikely to meet in person with some of your teams. It's possible, of course, that some of them are based in the same towns and maybe they'll, they'll actually be able to meet up in person. But the intention is you describe your needs, your concerns, your um, um, goals that you're trying to accomplish to a producer or director or whatever title you use. And that person helps you strategize what's the next step. Isn't, isn't that how this is supposed to work, right? Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll, we'll have a conversation, sit down with uh, some of the directors. But as you, as you say, the, the sit down occurs always, almost always in the cloud. So it's using video conferencing. And I know that a lot of people think that's less than ideal. I think it's less than ideal. Um, the meeting somebody in person does allow you to connect in a, in a more, um, well, what, what would you say? I suppose uh, human, uh, the, the, the bond that you can uh, build between client and uh, prov- provider is um, more, it's, it's just stronger, I suppose. Um, and we used to just use email and audio calling, but since we kind of discovered that a lot of people, you know, really care about having that connection, we've started using video conferencing uh, universally, and we've actually made it a policy. It's in our guidelines, so if it's ever possible to use video calling, uh, then we do that. And you know, I think that really helps. I've actually made quite a lot of good friends who I've never met in person, but <laughs> actually seeing and hearing them your mind sort of almost tricks you into persuading persuading you that they're actually in the room before long but yeah so it's it's not an ideal situation but you know we live in the (laughs) pre-teleportation and uh that's that's uh, something you have to put up with what and i think we may have mentioned this when we were talking earlier but what is the the title of that person that will help you kind of um talk through your goals and what might be the right tactics to employ them i mean do you just say producer or director or what 
Uh, most of them are directors. Yeah. Director. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm uh, a charity thinking I don't have any budget for this at all, and um, they're listening to this podcast and going, well, okay, I mean, I guess I do have a communications budget. I do have a fundraising budget. I, I do have those things. I just hadn't dedicated a specific segment to video. Getting connected with somebody who understands the full range of possibilities here, including some of these animation style things, but also um, connecting with people that might do some uh, live recording uh, on site if you've got a particularly visual space. Uh, you know, I am always of the opinion that anybody that's working with animal charities, for example, you know, um, how do you not pass up an opportunity or how do you pass up an opportunity to shoot um, video of, you know, puppies and kitties and bunnies and whatnot? I mean, you've just got to take advantage of the native nature of who you are. But for other charities, maybe that visual isn't as important. Maybe it's, you know, mostly people at desks talking or whatever, and that's less interesting. So the animation um, of you know, graphs coming in and talking about um, growth and outreach or uh, whatever it could be to help people visualize the message in a more interesting way. That's something your team can bring some expertise to that almost all the charities in this more mid-side range simply don't have on staff. So being able to tap that alone, I think, is a very valuable part of what you bring to the table. How, how long might that kind of visioning conversation piece happen before you move into producing the first piece? Yeah, well, I mean, it, I think you're right in pointing out that it's not necessarily a good idea for all organizations. I mean, some groups work, I know they rely heavily on individual donors and face-to-face -face fundraising. And, and, you know, that makes sense that a lot of nonprofits don't even have a website. And um, fair enough. Some who don't have any money at all for video, um, you know, we, we do offer a pro bono service where essentially you can um, tell us a little bit about your project and then what we'll do is send it around to uh, the group of directors that we work with and see if one of them wants to uh, do it for free. And, you, you know, you never know, it might just strike, strike a chord with one of them and, um, because it's an issue that's personal to them and mm. uh, it's it's kind of like fishing you just don't really know uh, but to be honest most of the time if you don't have say a thousand dollars to invest into a video and you're operating from the US or the UK it's kind of like well you should probably just keep talking to people uh, and try and raise another thousand dollars that way because you know if you can't do that, then maybe it's not the right time to make a big video and tell the whole internet about what you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. uh, keep having keep having that that one-on-one -on -one conversation first. Uh, and in terms of how long it takes, I mean, it really depends. We're pretty fast on the move. A lot of nonprofits are not. <laughs> I would say that's the general rule. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, we, you know, the the fastest start to finish we've ever made a video is two weeks uh and the longest has been five months so it really depends on all sorts of things but you know we can move pretty quickly if if needs be 
Well, that assumes that, as you say, that the, the charity is clear on, on their goals and, and resources. And sometimes they might not have thought, oh, if, if we did this animation style one and it takes a few more dollars to do it the way that we want to do it, um, we've got these likely uses for it that we hadn't envisioned until we talked to a director and, and that person with more experience in the field kind of helped us think about it. Then, right, they, they may need to go back and get some clarity. And heavens knows I've been in that same position you're describing where I talk about my services to a charity and they're like, great, I got to talk to my board of directors and uh, my close advisors and a blue ribbon panel that I'm assembling. And I'm sure in six to eight months, we'll be able to get back to you with, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. There are a lot more checkpoints um, with many charities before spending resources. But it's not to say that they can't um, begin the conversation anyway and understand a little bit more about the range of possibilities. And this is one of the things I'm so excited about with your product in particular is with this cloud-based production model, um, the, the opportunities are more than just, you know, we show up and interview you talking at your desk and, and do some nice fade overs of still images that you had from your uh, gala two years ago. Um, I mean, those aren't unusual to see. Those kinds of videos are out there. But, and you could certainly, I'm sure you'd be happy to produce one if somebody really felt like that was the thing that would help them. But to broaden the perspective out a little bit to some of the other tools and the other directing staff is, I, I think, really an important opportunity for that more mid-sized charity. Again, you're, I think you're dead on that the, the, that startup that is um, still really struggling with some of the basics, they should go do the basics first. Um, and, and that's great. But um, nearly any charity that has been around for a while that's talking about business models, fundraising, um, whatnot, I, I think they've got an opportunity to do at least something. Um, coming to your site, even if they don't t talk to a director right away, Reading through the, the blog section and others, I think can be tremendously useful to learn some things. I, I mean, I was looking at one ahead of our conversation today about the length of a video. Um, you know, what is there a magic formula here, which of course, you know, the answer is no, but um, there are some some things to learn about uh, user engagement levels and what that really looks like. So do you for taking that that first kind of explainer video idea that we've talked about a couple of times now where you're really introducing people to your mission and how you do it and why you're the ones to do it. Um, do you have uh, kind of recommendations you talk to people about length of those types of projects? Yeah, you know, so that blog post that you mentioned, what it is is an amalgamation of all of the scientific research on video length uh, that uh, I could lay my hands on. And there's about five or six different studies which are very interesting, but in the end, they all contradict each other in quite a fundamental way. And as a rule of thumb, what you end up having to say is, look, just keep talking until you get boring. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when you have a conversation with somebody, you can tell when the other person stops listening and it's time to shut up and ask another question or something. So it's, I, I think the numbers are there, but it's probably better just to stick to instinctual, um, I, uh, use your instinct when, when it comes to video length. And as you point out, that will vary, of course, charity to charity, mission to mission. Um, I, I do think when it comes to if the purpose of the, um, the video introduction is to really help people understand why they want to invest in your work, why they want to become a donor, um, 
I do think that often um, those shorter introductions that might then say, if you want to learn more, here's, you know, that longer thing. But to give them an entry point where they don't feel like I've got to commit this kind of time right now, I think can make sense in those spaces. But as you point out, you've got to really look at what are you trying to accomplish um, and what's going on there. I, I, I forgot to um, ask you earlier, and I want to kind of circle back on this about um, a tagline on the front page of your website, because I do think that this is um, another thing that really attracted me to talk to you on the podcast here is um, it, it says uh, Ample Earth, the most powerful video production tool for causes and change makers in the universe. I love <laughs> the bold statement. Um, but I think that it's a really important one to kind of um, tag into. Let's talk about that because you do have this another, I don't know if it's a blog post, but somewhere else on your website, there's a, um, a sort of addressing um, cloud-based production isn't for everybody. If it's for you, this can be an extremely powerful way perhaps the most powerful way in the known universe to help people understand your messaging. But um, how, how does this process okay, experience uh, from the, uh, the user's point of view, if they talk to a director, do they actually ever get in contact with a, a editor or an animator or is the director kind of managing that relationship? Is that how it becomes more powerful for them versus traditional production facilities that might be in the town you live in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, if you imagine for a second, um, in your, you're in your local town and there are maybe a thousand videographers to choose from if you live in quite a big town. Um, what we're doing by operating from the cloud, there are over a million, I think about a million and a half videographers. The sheer scale of the increase of choice available, the, the amount of talent, the variation of talent is so significant. You're talking, you're talking about within, within the range of 500 or a thousand times more people. And it actually becomes a bit of a logistical problem. I mean, how do you um, choose between a million different videographers? Yeah. Who's the best? Who offers the best value for money? All of these kinds of questions. Um, it's not like you can just go and watch a million videos in a row and rank them one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> up to a million. Um, so part of the system that we've designed um, uses, it, it essentially uses numerical metrics. So it'll rank each videographer according to uh, how many awards they've won, what kind of awards they've won. Are they Oscars, BAFTAs, or are they sort of local video making awards? Have they worked at one of the major media institutions for a long time, like the BBC or Pixar or DreamWorks or something like that? And then so each videographer is given a score and then we can um, rank them individually and choose the best uh, team for each project. And the second part of your question was really about uh, how does that interaction work? And most of it goes, so, so at the beginning of every project, the director will get in touch with the, whoever's working with the nonprofit. We'll have a conversation, the, the three or four of us, we also have a producer. And following that conversation, we will present a few ideas for videos in a, in a brief conceptual outlines. And then it's just a case of the nonprofit coming back. We'll continue that conversation. And yeah, it, all, all the interaction happens between uh, the director that we choose for the project, a producer and the nonprofit clients. 
and some guys from Ample Earth, and it and it and and it happens on this cloud-based software system. It's quite it's an incredible piece of software. There's there's sort of video conferencing and um, live chat. It's all very easy to use. It is it's kind of like just being in an office, but you know in the cloud, and it's twenty um, percent of the price of hiring an actual office. So uh, uh, that's that's the reason we do it. So if you are um, thinking about that, that more mid-sized charity, again, just a, a one to $5 million a year type uh, nonprofit organization, uh, is, is there any kind of common or accepted wisdom or is it just too customized based on mission location and all those sorts of things as to where one might start with video? I mean, if, if somebody comes to you and says, I don't have any um, uh, video content um, other than the occasional, you know, smartphone thing in an event, uh, is, is there a, well, you know, we should probably start by checking off these boxes and making sure that this is right or not right for you, or is that just not uh, something that really makes sense? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it makes sense to just say we should make a video. It, 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 it requires some forethought and and really to get, a, a qualified director to outline the concept you know what what's it going to be about why are we making this video you know if you're going to invest this money it it, it has to have some sort of um, ability to resonate with the team and with the work that ample earth are doing you know it's not it's not something to go in too lightly um i mean there, i understand what you're saying there is a sense in which it makes sense to have video if you're above, if you're in that kind of category, but, and, and there probably will be some direction in which video will be beneficial, but there's not really a kind of generic um, entry point uh, where, where, where you can say, you know, we just need this type of video right mm -hmm. now. It's like, it's a communications method. It's, it's, it's sort of equivalent to saying, you know, should we be talking to people? Well, yes, but, how, when, why, what, where are still the most relevant questions. And in terms of, I, th I think where a lot of charities maybe fall down after the fact is they, they get the great video and, you know, they post it on their website. Maybe they have a YouTube channel. Um, but getting people to um, connect with and share that message is a, a whole second stage. Uh, are there pieces of thinking about that kind of thing that you can help with charities or do you refer them out to more traditional marketers to talk about how it actually gets viewed or, or what's the next step once they've produced? Yeah, so it's, it's a conversation that we have internally before we create the video. You know, are, is this um, video is trying to become shared organically by uh, people around the world or people within the network? And it matters that you have the conversation before you make the video because you may want to incorporate something inside it. So the, the video we just made uh, for a nonprofit in New York, for example, about it was it was covering this environmental topic, and it was something that Bill Gates and Richard Branson had invested heavily into. So we inclu included little animated characters of, of <laughs> Gates and Branson right at the end uh, to. So, so that hopefully when the video comes out, we can send it to them and say, hey, guys, let we put you in, in this video and then maybe they'll, they'll be willing to share that. So it's worth having that conversation before you start making the video. But Ampler fundamentally is, is a video company and we don't do marketing. 
Um, we just think that there's so much expertise and depth required within video that there's plenty enough to be getting on with. There's plenty of innovation to be done within our own field. As soon as you start doing marketing, you're just talking about an infinite number of new variables and it is very difficult to um, specialize skill sets. So we, we, we stick fundamentally to video. Right. And I think that's uh, good to know your wheelhouse and to know when you'll need to, you know, refer other people to think about other things. I will, for example, throw out there, we've mentioned periodically on this podcast, uh, Google Grants, uh, that their um, um, advertising campaign um, tactics are available, including some of the stuff uh, from YouTube. So if you're using Google products to advertise anyway, and you've got um, access to free paid well, free and paid, uh, um, where where the grant is coming in to be able to introduce you to audiences that don't know you yet, um, then great. Know that that's a tool in, and that you might want to be in that space, but that doesn't mean you don't also go on Vimeo, that you don't also post it directly to Facebook rather than a link. I mean, there's a lot of things to think about there. So good for that early conversation um, with your team to kind of say, there's a number of ways we could be using this, exactly how and how you measure that as successful. Um, you know, there's, there's other folks out there that do that work and you need to just be cognizant of it. Once a charity gets big enough, again, you may have internal capacity that's, that can do that part. Very few charities that I'm aware of are actually large enough to maintain video production as a regular part of their own staff. Um, I mean, there are some, but, but mostly this is going to continue to be something that in one way, shape or form um, is contracted out, whether that's a local production company uh, that you've found and, and like to work with, or this new alternative, well, new to me anyway, alternative of cloud-based production. Um, honestly, I, until we were in touch, I had not considered the idea of how your business works uh, in, in this particular piece. It's just really interesting. Um, do you do you see that that growth in reaching new charities around the idea, or are people um, still a little hesitant trying to understand what does it mean for them to be in relationship with a cloud-based producer? Yeah, I mean, the, the, there has been a fair amount of hesitancy, and what we found is it is the most innovative and forward-thinking organizations who tend to be more willing to work with us. Uh, but at the same time, I think the cost benefits are becoming more and more clear. And often you're talking about, you know, 50, 60, 70 percent re reduction of rate in comparison to, say, a, the location based studio in, in the UK or the US. And when you so, so it sort of puts nonprofits, nonprofits love to be. Uh, traditional and backwards, but they also love saving money. Yes, so indeed. You're, you're sort of holding two golden eggs in front of them and, and uh, you know, it, <laughs> it's hard for them to choose. But I think in the end, it, the, the cost savings make more sense than doing things traditionally. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a really compelling case. And one of those things where because you've done such a good job on your site of laying out potential costs, even before you get on the phone, um, that or set up the first video conference rather, but um, pe people can get an idea of, um, if I think this is what I want to do, and I, I know that I can 
get some estimates of, well, I, I do want professional narration. So I know that I'm, I might be looking at this kind of cost or I do want to do um, animation rather than traditional film. And, and that might be this kind of cost. You can start to get some sense of those things and understand a little bit ahead of talking to um, one of the directors of the team. So I do encourage people uh, to check out uh, you know, ampleearth.com. And again, I'll have links in the show notes for the podcast about that to learn more about what that might look like in order to make some decisions. Um, so we're starting to run just a, um, a little low on time. And um, I'm, I'm wondering if I could ask you, are there areas that I haven't um, asked you about that you think are just really important for charities to start thinking about in terms of producing either videos through a cloud production or just videos, period? I think well, one of the things that's most exciting uh, about what we're what we're trying to do, and this is very much towards the innovative end of um, our work. So it's probably terrifying to most nonprofits, but uh, it, it's open innovation. So essentially, it's about having um, many many people working together simultaneously online around the world on a video project. So, say for example, you wanted to write a script. Uh, about an environmental movement that you're um, creating to plant trees what you what what you can do is tell you know a hundred or two hundred different script writers on May 16th we're going to come together um, we're gonna be in this cloud-based software and we're going to combine our shared brain power our intellectual capital and we're going to create this uh, perfect video script for, for this company. And it, it, it can get pretty complicated in the way that you do that. But what we've been doing is designing a system that actually collectively, it, it, it constructively coagulates the collective brain power of those 100 or 200 writers. And it's, it's just a lot more powerful. And I think that's probably the direction that video making is going to go. It's, it's, it's really beginning to harness the mass networks available uh, through the internet. And many charities are familiar with the idea of kind of crowdsourcing support in general. I mean, the, uh, um, the work that has happened in the fund development space in particular, I think charities are getting more used to saying, I need to throw out to our supporters um, how to help bring in more people, how to uh, get folks to uh, come to an uh, in-person event to learn more, how to join us on social media. Um, being able to see the ability of other people's ideas coming to the table that you didn't even maybe realize we're connected to your project in the first place until they come in. Th that is emerging and that's exciting. I just hadn't honestly ahead of our first conversation um, considered it in terms of a production sphere like this, that, that kind of bringing in paid professionals that would still be collaborative and that large scale is kind of a newer thought to me. Uh, is, th is that continuing to evolve? You're, you're getting more people to start thinking about collaborating that way? Yeah, well, what's really interesting about that is, um, so, say the environmental. Uh, I'm using. I keep using this mm -hmm. example of the environmental is because we've actually just done it. Um, the funny thing was, people on the other side of the planet care about what you're doing, and <laughs> yeah. they're not. They're not um, making any money from it necessarily. They're not. Um, it's not even going to affect them. The, the environmental movement that we were working for was in New York. 
but we had writers from the other side who were just like, you know, this is a really interesting project. It means a lot to us because we face similar issues where we are. And very quickly, you, you, you gain support and traction from all different little pockets of communities around the world um, because, you know, they have that, that shared cause and they, and they care. So uh, that is very exciting. And um, I think you will see lots more of that. Well, great stuff to keep in touch with. And as I've mentioned a few times now, wonderful resources on your website. So uh, as we get ready to wrap up, let me just um, ask, uh, what's the best way for people to stay in touch with your work? Yeah, I mean, ampleearth.com. We have a uh, Twitter page and uh, you can find me, Harry McAllister, on LinkedIn. Um, I think there's three other Harry McAllisters. I'm the best looking one. So uh, just pick me. (laughs) Easy to find you that way. Uh, Well, (laughs) Harry, I'm very grateful that I got to learn more about this and very excited for what it can mean for charities to really open up their uh, perspective on how they can be reaching audiences with new information, new ways of learning. Um, As we mentioned earlier, you know, I, I like the long form audio for some of these sorts of things, you know, talking about this for, you know, 45 minutes is one way that some audiences learn. Uh, But to have the opportunity to think about different videos, different lengths, different tactics, uh, really opens up a world of possibilities to how to engage people in the work of your charity. So very grateful that you took the time today. So thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. Not at all, Steve. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, really appreciate the work that you're doing. I I mean, I, I, I got in touch because one of the podcasts I listened to uh, with you was it was just so deeply honest and interesting um, and so yeah kudos to you and uh, let's let's do this again all right thank you so much Harry McAllister co-founder at Ample Earth thank you cheers Steve <laughs>